Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna me for my ambition. Welcome on into a Thursday, TNT Thursday edition of the Hoover's Log. It is episode 14 here on your blog talk radio slash CLNS radio here as you listen here at 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern, and it is episode 14. Yes, we're 14 episodes in. Got kind of a small show today, nothing huge, nothing too big. Uh, again, my name is CMO Buckets. I got Andrew Norris here today. And also, uh, if you want to know more about me and know more about the show, cmobuckets.com is the area to go to know more about me and know more about the show. There was about 10 games in the NBA last night, nothing crazy in college college basketball, nothing crazy in any other normal neck of the woods. This is just kind of a kind of a run-of-the-mill night. There was a couple of good games, a couple of cool highlights, um, but outside of that, it wasn't anything out of the ordinary. I mean, yeah, obviously the firing of Kevin McHale happened yesterday, and then that game, which which was game of the night by far, Portland and Houston, considering Houston was down 17 at one point, and they came back to get the victory. It was one of those games where you kind of sit back and you recognize, all right, you know, this team, they're they're inconsistent for multiple reasons. We'll get into that. Again, 10 games in the NBA last night. Andrew, what's up, man? Hey Chris, how are you? Like that, like you said, that Rockets and Blazers game was nuts. Yeah, it went crazy. I mean, it was an overtime thriller. Obviously, the Trailblazers were up by a lot. They were up by 15 heading into the fourth, and the Rockets found a way to to, to scratch, scratch their way back, claw their way back. The Rockets only scored 13 points in the second quarter, but they found a way to lock down the Trailblazers a little bit and get and get the victory, especially late in the ballgame going into overtime. Are you ready to break these games down? Let's do it. All right, let's get it going, man, shall we? All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. Again, like I said, a 10-game slate in the NBA last night. Uh, we'll go through kind of some of the quick ones first before we get to the main points that we want to talk about today. Brooklyn playing in Charlotte tonight or last night. It was one of those games where you're thinking, okay, you know, Brooklyn's been playing well. Charlotte's been playing kind of iffy. No, nah, the Hornets came out and played well again. They're 6-6 six and six now. The Nets are now 2-10, two and tw- two and ten, obviously. Um, it's getting to that point now for the Nets where it's starting to look like it's going to be a bleak season. They're not there yet, but it's getting close. Um, they still played a tough team in, in the Hornets well, but they still lose 111-116 uh, to the Charlotte Hornets in Charlotte. Uh, Thaddeus, uh, again, had an outstanding game, 27-8. and eight. Uh, Nicholas Batum had a 24 and 8 performance, pretty good, 
pretty good stuff by the player of the week from last week by Nicholas Batum, but the Hornets hang on, and they're now a middle of the pack in the Eastern Conference. Um, another pretty good game last night, an entertaining game, and, and Andrew mentioned this on the show last night, an entertaining game uh, from the perspective of just young talent everywhere. The Minnesota Timberwolves at the, at the Orlando Magic. This was a thriller. This was an overtime thriller. The Magic got the victory 104 to 101 over the Timberwolves. You talk about a game that could if there was a if this was a best of 7, it would be one of the funner, more fun matchups to watch in all of the NBA just because of the fact that the Orlando Magic are a very good team and the Timberwolves are just starting to catch their stride. They have in my opinion right now the rookie of the year in Carl Anthony Towns. It's pretty obvious to say that right now if you were 12 games into the season, you got to give it to the guy. 21 and 12 last night, six blocks. This is the first time since Anthony Davis in 30 years that a guy as young as Carl Anthony Towns at the age of 19 had a 20, 10, and 5 night where he had 20 points, 12 rebounds, 21 points, excuse me, 21 points, 12 rebounds, and 6 blocks. That's uncalled for. That's unconscious. This guy, after last night, is on pace to make the Rookie of the Year award really his his own his own motto and his own type of deal he's gonna he's gonna dominate the rest of the season if he keeps doing what he's doing and they're gonna get it done uh the Pacers they made the 76ers really just look look like the bums that they are 112 to 85 TJ McConnell as I look at his as I look at his uh his picture here for ESPN he has no picture just giving you a idea of what the 76ers are going through uh the Paul George had a whiteboard worthy performance in this one 34 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals, 56 on the whiteboard with a performance scale. He had an outstanding game. He finally broke out as having one of the bigger games of the year. Also, if you watched this game, at one point the 76ers had six men on the court because they couldn't quite figure out their personnel of who was going to play. Or maybe it was more Jaleel Okafor who couldn't figure out the personnel. And you saw some mass confusion there again in Philadelphia. Not shocking considering now that they're 0-12. Uh, quickly before we get into the, to the next game, Andrew, what did you see from these three games from last night? And uh, what, what did you see from the Pacers, especially from the Timberwolves Magic game that you saw um, that you were talking about last yesterday before, uh, before the preview of all these games? Yeah, the Timberwolves Magic game did not disappoint at all. I mean, like you said, Carl Anthony Towns went for 21-12-6. This guy has been outstanding. Now, he's not exactly, I wouldn't say running away with the Rookie of the Year just yet, just because Jalil Okafor has been fantastic. Christoph Porzingis has been the surprise of the draft. So there's still a lot left to go before we name anybody. But you see, I mean, the young talent on the Timberwolves is starting to show that this could be the best one-two punch in the whole NBA coming up in the next few years here. Andrew Wiggins has been taking over games late, went for 28 points last night. He's now averaging up to 21.5 points per game. That is huge for this kid, okay? This is a guy who came in and last year was good, but it wasn't great. It wasn't the next LeBron-type performance that he, you, know, you would have expected before his freshman year in college. Uh, but, I mean, he got to the line 14 times last night, so you know he was in attack mode. And, and this, this this Timberwolves team is really clicking. Ricky Rubio, two points away from triple-double. How often is there a guy who gets double-digit rebounds and assists but just can't get the point? Um, you know, and the the Magic players look good. Fournier, who has been outstanding this year. I mean, maybe the most improved player in the whole league. Went for 26 points. He's averaging 19 and a half. Uh, Victor Oladipo is really what lost in the game. I know he played 20. He only played 20 minutes, but one point. Um, 
that that the first half by him just not not great. I wouldn't say he lost him the game, but he was a, he was a big part. Then Nine Payton showing off that he, he said, "Hey, I can score the ball too." Twenty four points last night. So I mean, the young talent in this game stood out. It was it was a blast to watch. It was something that you you almost want to tape, and then five years from now you're going to want to go back and rewatch yeah. it just to see how much these players have grown. Because this game had you know, six, seven guys that are under, you know, 25 years old that are going to be in the league for a long time, that are going to make up all-star teams here in a few years, you know, make up parts of them. Uh, the Nets, you know, we thought they were getting hot. You know, they only lost by five. They were tied going into the fours. But I think they pretty much are what they are right now. They're not going to go They're not going to go two and ten every 12 games. They're going to be a little bit better than that. But, you know, the Hornets are the better team, and they showed it the fourth quarter. Um, now the 76ers, man, it, like you said, T.J. McConnell, he he doesn't even have a picture, and this year he's probably been their second best player or third best player. So it's you know he's averaging six six and a half assists. Jalil Okafor, he could have so much more of an impact on this game if he put in the defensive and rebounding effort mixed with that offense. This is a guy who he himself would be running away with the rookie of the year if he would put in the effort every part of every game. But he, he won't, and it gets frustrating to watch. The footwork's outstanding. And you know he does have a motor because when you're seven feet tall, you don't get that well, you don't get that good of agility. You don't get that good of footwork without working on it every single day. Because when you're, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old and you're seven feet tall, you grew really fast. And with that, you never had a time to get your balance unless you worked on it every single day, which you can clearly tell he did. Now that effort that he shows working on his offensive game, he needs to do working on his defensive game and working on getting more physical, especially down low. There is no reason why the Pacers team should win by 40 and score 112 points with a guy who, you know, he has a lot of defensive potential. And, you just, and you know, he's not the most athletic. He's not the fastest. But, any seven footer has that has defensive potential, excuse me. Um, so you know, you just you see the Island of Mr. Toys take on a, a Pacers team who's now seven and two in their last nine and you know, the result you get's a thirty seven point victory. Yeah, you're talking about a team in Philadelphia that's just straight up struggling and not doing well. Well as you can tell we're here in the FanDuel studios. If you'd like to call in and talk about anything from last night or anything outside of that, the phone number is 323-642-1558. As you can tell, the NBA season is in full swing. Think you know basketball? Prove it at FanDuel.com today. Uh, the best place to play one-day fantasy basketball, pick a team of nine players with just players from tonight's game. We've got three games tonight in the NBA. Uh, payouts will be in your account the next morning. Play every day or whenever you want. Leagues start at just $1 a day. Uh, finally, it can pay to be a fan. Uh, again, LeBron James is playing the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. Obviously, you got the big one in Golden State and the Los Angeles Clippers. There's tons of players in that one to pick. FanDuel isn't just for huge tournaments. You can play against your friends any night you want. Just create a private league and let the trash talk begin. Join the over 2 million other fans who have already won money playing on FanDuel.com. Go to FanDuel.com and check, click on the microphone in the right upper right-hand corner. Use the code CELTICS and sign up now. Plus, right now, I have a special offer for the listeners. Enter a FanDuel league now, and if you don't win, FanDuel will refund your money. Any contest you want up to 10 bucks, just make a deposit, choose your league, and if you don't win, you'll get that money back. 
in your FanDuel account, the only way to get this exclusive no-lose offer is to go to FanDuel.com. Click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Again, Celtics, C-E-L-T-I-C-S. That's promo code Celtics, C-E-L-T-I-C-S. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's FanDuel, F-A-N-D-U-E-L dot C-O-M dot com. Sign up today. I know there's some issues going on in New York. Obviously, I wouldn't advise you doing that in New York because of all that kind of stuff. But if you're in any other other part of the country where it is legal and acceptable, feel free to do so. From other games from the NBA real quick, again, Mavericks and Celtics. Mavericks kind of put on the pedal last night. Den, uh, Dirk again, 23-7. and seven. He went off as the Mavericks win 106-102. to 102. This was kind of a litmus test for the Dallas Mavericks and the Celtics to kind of see where they are at. Um, also, next person who calls in, into the show, 323-642-1558. We'll win a free NBA 2K16, and all they got to do is answer a question. And, again, what is the what is the uh, game five totals in Michael Jordan's NBA Finals career points-wise? And even if you don't get that, if you just call in, you'll get the free game. Just think about it. You call in, you get a free NBA 2K, and you'll you'll start off the holiday season right again. Thanksgiving is literally a week away. What else is there better to do when the weather is horrible than to go and play some NBA 2K on your PS4? Again, uh, feel free to call in. Phone number is 323-642-1558. Again, as I just said, Dallas beat the Celtics last night, 106-102. to uh, it was one of those games, again, interesting to see which team would come out and play better. It was a good game. It really was. And the Mavericks really just kind of stole the show in the fourth quarter as they outscored the Celtics by 12. A dominating performance there. And the Mavericks are starting to prove that maybe they are better than we all thought. Maybe they are still have some gas in the tank and they can still play this regular season and do something and prove themselves throughout the year. The Celtics are still fantastic. They're 6-5. and five. They've played some outstanding basketball this past week. Um, they, they have really proven themselves to be up in, in one of the more mid-pack of the Eastern Conference this year, maybe even a top-four team if they keep playing the way they're playing. They've been playing outstanding basketball. Another litmus test was the Kings and Hawks. We wanted to see if the Sacramento Kings would have a chance to do and continue with their success like they've had over the last couple of days. Again, Rajon Rondo, another whiteboard-worthy performance. He had a triple-double last night. Rajon Rondo, he had 12 points, 12 rebounds, and 10 assists. His fourth triple-double in the last week and a half. The guy has absolutely gone off on the stat sheet, but not enough as the, as the Hawks win 103-97 to in Atlanta. Paul Millsap, 23 points, 16 rebounds, three assists, three steals, and two blocks. A complete whiteboard-worthy performance of 50. Yes, a 50 on the whiteboard-worthy performance scale, pretty much a platform of what you want to do to win a whiteboard-worthy performance scale in this one. Again, as I said, Atlanta got the victory. He's actually a really, really good Interesting ball game to watch if you watched this one last night. Game of the night, though. And this is where you really want to kind of just tone down, I guess, the hype on what happened with, you know, uh, J.B. Uh, Bickerstaff in Houston. This was an interesting game from the perspective of, obviously, what happened with Kevin McHale, the drama that's going around this Rockets team. There's a lot going on, but really, this was play of the night last night. Giving it up to Hart. Harden, back over to Brewer, fires it up! Oh! Boy, Brewer hits the cold-blooded three! And the game is tied at 99! Oh, by Jesse! He's up to Nebuchadnezzar. They took a foul right there. They were... 
from 30. How nice. The presence of mind of James Harden, you know, to get that ball to somebody else. The Rockets are now on a 10-3 run, guys. Unbelievable. Talk about a crazy shot from Corey Brewer. If you watched this game last night, there was a point in time where the Rockets were down 17 and they made a comeback in the fourth quarter. They were down by 15 heading into the fourth. They found a way to tie it up without their head coach, with the way this team has been playing lately, up and down. You talk about bipolar basketball. They, they started off the season 0-3, won four in a row after that, lost, lost four more in a row after that, and then last night getting a victory to push themselves to 5-7, and seven now hovering again around the playoff spot in a play a potential playoff spot in the Western Conference. There's a lot of drama heading up. Oh, by the way, performance of the night and definitely a team there um a, a team there in uh Houston with with James Harden. 80 a star-worthy performance in the world of basketball. Performance of the night by far. 45 points, 11 assists, 8 rebounds and five steals. This guy was all over the basketball court. Now, his stats are probably a little bit better than his actual play. That happens from time to time, and with a James Harden-type player, you're going to expect that more than not. Here's the thing with this team, and this is what's been going on recently. Obviously, Kevin McHale got fired, and then reports came out before the game last night that apparently people are upset with the way James Harden's attitude is within the locker room. Um, you got some players on this team, and I heard this last night on Sports Talk Radio heading home last night, uh, early on from work as I got off a little early. I heard them talking about how, and they make the perfect point, that this Houston Rockets team, are they really slated to want wanting to win? Do they, do they truly want to win games and win championships? Because last year they made the point that within the last month or so of the year, they didn't really make much of a run until late. Throughout the year, they kind of hovered. Obviously, injuries played a part in that. But the way this mentality of this team has been over the last year or so, especially the beginning of this year, has been very, you know, I just want to be a star. And that's what I've been seeing from this team. James Harden just wants to be a star. He doesn't necessarily want to win. I think he wants to win. But does he want to win as bad as LeBron? No. Does he want to win as bad as as a guy like Tim Duncan? Absolutely not. Does he want to win as bad as some of these other guys, these other players in the league that truly go out and every night? Steph Curry? No, he doesn't. I don't think he has the mentality to want to win ball games as bad as some of his other competitors out there. Is he unbelievably talented? Yes. Is he a great player? Yes. Is he an MVP candidate? Absolutely. With the performance he did last night? Yes, he is. But I think the way he plays amongst his team and it doesn't help that a guy in Dwight Howard is on his team either with kind of a similar mentality I don't know if this team necessarily actually wants to win and with the firing of Kevin McHale and with the way this team performed last night it's starting to seem like the inmates run the asylum if you know what I'm saying I, I, I like this Rockets team again they're talented as all heck but do they truly want to win and truly want to be successful or do they just want to go out and and, and grab their own agendas Andrew, what do you think from this? Andrew, excuse me. What do you think from this Houston Rockets team last night? And what do you think um, about this game also that occurred in uh, in Houston as Houston gets to win one hundred eight to one hundred three in overtime? Let's let's start with the uh, the James Harden talk. I'm seeing all over Twitter and all over the sports world. He was eleven for twenty nine. What kind of performance is that? He's just got inflated numbers. All he got was points from the free throw line. What don't people understand? The, he's a 90% right. shooter from the free throw line. 
a 90% shooter, points per possession is 1.8 points per possession. To put that into context, the highest in the whole league by a team last year was .995, not even one. So when you're getting to the free throw line 20 times, that's 10 possessions where you're getting almost two points for that possession. A free throw is the best shot in basketball to take, the best shot. Nobody's guarding you. You get two of them, so you get just as many points as you can make them. And he went 19 for 20. I don't care if you go 11 for 29. I mean, 11 for 29, again, that's bad. He shot 15 threes and only made four. You can't do that. You have to learn when to not shoot. But 19 for 20 from the free throw line, he gets his 45 points. He had a plus 10, plus minus, the second highest on the whole team. So let's not go and act like, oh, this guy shot, you know, oh, like Kobe's career average in one game, so now he, he's garbage. No. He went 19 for 20 from the free throw line. This is one of the best games of the season. He's got the highest uh, performance, we, the highest rated performance on our scale so far this year. Was it the best game played by anybody? No. But this game was tremendous. James Harden picked this team up and carried them. I don't care if he picked them up and set them down every time he got to the free throw line. He did it. He got to the free throw line. He got the points he needed because nobody. there was only two other guys on this team with double-digit points. He had almost half their points. He was eight points away from having half of this team's points. You know, I think the, the talk of him being, a, you know, not a great locker room guy, maybe. Maybe he's not the best teammate. Maybe he's not the – doesn't give mo- as much effort as anybody else. But when you're scoring 45 points, your teammates aren't going to care, especially if you're winning. I'll tell you what, if I'm on a team and I'm a role player and I'm one of four guys who are giving it all on defense every time, and then I, you know, and I might score 10 points a game, and then I see this guy coming and scoring 30 points a game and not giving it all on defense, I'm like, hey, do you? <laughs> you know, maybe they're not winning so far this year. They're five and seven. They made it to the Western Conference Finals last year. They had the second seed in the Western Conference last year. I mean, this isn't – this is just – it's nonsense. If if his teammates are mad, then they're nonsense, okay? They're paid to be role players for a reason. Their role is to play great defense and give 100% effort on every play. James Harden's role is to go out and score them 45 points when they need it and get them into overtime. Uh, the – that the talk of that, if if it's even true, you know, we see reports like this that are nonsense, garbage that come out every year. I'm not sure who reported it um, first, but if it is true, it needs to stop. James Harden is a top five player in the NBA, and, and the Rockets, you know, after last night, I really think they're going to start getting on the right path here. Yeah, I, I think they are too, and and I hope for just the, the, the sake of the league. I mean, now they're five and seven. They finally got their first win in about a week now, finally getting it done. Um, but talking about teams that are reeling, the Portland Trailblazers, they haven't won a basketball game in two weeks now. I mean, this team is 0-7 in, the, in their last seven. They've lost seven in a row. Um, and then talking about another team in the New Orleans Pelicans, who've also lost five in a row, they're now 1-11. and I tried to tell you, Andrew, I hate to say I, I tried to tell you, but this, this New Orleans Pelicans team, if they, their injuries are going to impact them a lot longer than we think, and as in, as in you know, beginning of the season-wise. I mean, if they would have just been hovering 5-5, five 5-6, and 6-5, five, five and and something like that right now, 
we would be talking about a team that would still have a chance at making the postseason. They're starting to dwindle away, especially with the, with the health concerns now of Anthony Davis, of really where's this team going to go? I mean, obviously Russell Westbrook flirted with a triple-double last night, 43 points, nine rebounds, eight assists, and a 68 overall performance in a 110-103 to win over the New Orleans Pelicans on ESPN. If you saw this, you saw the grace of Russell Westbrook. Obviously, Ishmith was the guy guarding him. When Ryan Anderson is your leading scorer on the New Orleans Pelicans at 30 points, seven rebounds, and three assists, not a bad game at all. But when he's your guy, that's that's when you know it's starting to time. It's, it's time to start thinking about where to rebuild and where to regrow from. Obviously, T- Tyreek Evans isn't there. Obviously, Anthony Davis is going down with some injuries, not bad ones, but little lingering things here and there. This this Pelicans team is starting to fall into that category of crap. Are they going to even find them, climb their way out? They still can. It's super early. They can go on a five game win streak and find them find themselves clawing back in. But it's getting to the point now where clawing back in is going to seem like its own task. And when you play in the Western Conference, when you play in a conference where there's legitimately 12 teams every night that have a chance of beating you and winning at a high level. Uh, it, it becomes more of a task and more of an uphill battle than I think they anticipate. Also, this starts to go into the question for the New Orleans Pelicans, was firing their coach, Monty Williams, the right thing to do? Because this team, and I mentioned this in the off season, they got a new head coach and they fired Monty Williams because they wanted to take, quote-unquote, the next step. Sometimes you got to just stick with what you got. And unfortunately, obviously injuries have played a huge part in this. But sometimes when, when guys go down or things happen or when lineups have to be shifted, the guy who's been there for five years, and I mentioned this, this, this guy's been here for five years, Monty Williams, and he gets let go because they want to, quote-unquote, take the next step. How much more do you need to take the next step when you're an eighth seed in the Western Conference? Sometimes just making the postseason in the, in the Western Conference is good enough. Really, though, there's some years where you've got to just say, okay, we're not good enough. We're going to make the postseason, and we're happy to be here. Trust me, I'm a Spurs fan. We're, there are years where we were like the seventh or eighth seed with 50 wins, and I was sitting there saying, oh, there's no way we're going to win a championship. I am very happy with where we're at. We look old. We look decrepit. We don't look like a team that's going to win the title, but I'm happy that we made the postseason. Sometimes you got to just take it, take it and let it go. And unfortunately, the, the Pelicans got a little greedy in the offseason, um, with wanting to get a new coach and try and take the next step. And obviously injuries have played a part, and I'm not trying to discount the injury factor, but you're 1-11. You're a team that last year made the postseason with some pretty good talent, and now and now it's looking like, man, what? why did they get rid of him? Why did they get rid of that guy? And what was the purpose? And one more game before I let Andrew talk. Spurs beat the Nuggets 109-98, to now 9-2 and in the Western Conference, the second-best team in the NBA um, you can make the case now that the Spurs, and they're, they're starting to implement their strategy. Now, I will say something as a Spurs fan. Last night, Tony Parker looked like the Tony Parker from 2005. He looked like the Tony Parker from, five, from 10, five years ago. 25 points, nine assists, two rebounds. And there was a statement made by one of his teammates, I forget who, but there was a statement made saying, look, if Tony Parker goes off the way he went last night, it just, just, just put it in the bag. The game's over because if Tony Parker can find a way, and granted, he's old, and I know this, Tony Parker is very old. He's past his prime. He's getting to the point now where he's getting into the late stages of his career. He He's a guy where if he can find a way to drive the rack like he used to and dish the ball out like he did last night, you're talking about a Spurs team. I don't care if LaMarcus Aldridge shoots 20% from the field, which he has been shooting awful from the field. 
But if even if he's shooting bad, you still got Kawhi Leonard. You still got Danny Green. You still got Tim. You still got you got players everywhere. And Patty Mills when he comes off the bench, you got all these guys coming off the bench. And when Tony Parker can find a way to slither through the lane like he's used to, you're talking about a team that virtually becomes unbeatable. Because if Tony Parker can slither through, through the lane, and then which he's become more accustomed to becoming is an outside jumper, that's when it becomes unbeatable. Because this game really this team is really dependent on and I know and I know they have LaMarcus, I know they have Kawhi, and I know this is far fetched to say, but it's true. When Tony Parker finds a way to get open and he finds a way to make his shot from the outside, this team becomes virtually unbeatable because Tony Parker really does set up the flow of the offense. This is a very half court balance offense. It is. And if Tony Parker can find a way to dictate the pace at his age with where he's at that's when this team becomes unbeatable because he really is the guy who generates the flow of the offense. Andrew, anything you want to say about these three games? Um, I, I got a little bit to say, and then I actually want to bring up maybe a little topic, maybe see if somebody no wants problem. to call in and throw their opinion. Um, man, the Pelicans, 1-11. Uh, let's just put it this way. If they – we're in the 70, if they were in the Eastern Conference, they'd only be one game ahead of the 76ers. Just to, just to really show how bad it's been. Um, the Spurs, 9-2, yeah. and two, looks like another 51 season's coming. It, I'm still rooting for 49. Uh, I don't want to <laughs> necessarily root against them, but I'm rooting for it just so I can look kind of smart. Um, <laughs> but, but what I wanted to bring up real fast, and if I could just pull the stat lines up here again, and and I want you to answer the question first, Chris. Would you rather have a player on your team who averages 33.7 points, 5.9 assists, and 4.8 rebounds, or it's not going to load for me. All right, I'm just going to let you know. One <laughs> is Steph Curry, obviously the 34. The other the other one's Russell Westbrook, something like 28.7 points, 10.1 assist or 11, I, I got it. Bear with me. But anyways, the the discussion I want to have, and, and the Thunder are looking good without Kevin Durant right now. It's I, I don't know. I've seen some things that he's feeling better. Um, it'll be interesting to see when he gets back. Russell Westbrook, 14 for 25, plus 15 for 20 from the free throw line. He's been absurd. Uh, and, and he's, he's, I mean, I've never seen a player and this is in back to back years now with the ability to just will his team, Kevin Durant's not playing right now. He didn't play most of the last year and this guy's just willed his team. All right. I got the numbers. 28.1 points, 10.4 assists and 7.8 rebounds against 33.7, 5.9 and 4.8. I personally, I'm taking the 28.1, 10.4, and 7.8 every single day of the week. Plus, add in 2.3 steals, uh, or pretty close to 2.3 steals, 2.2 steals, and only two two personal fouls. I'm taking that every single day, every day of the week. And, you know, his shooting percentage isn't bad to go along with it. Well, and what's interesting about those, those stats you brought up is the fact that Russell Westbrook only has two fouls a game. And what's interesting about that is people rip him for his his mentality, his quote unquote selfishness, which I can see where they're coming from. But at the same, but at the same time, looking at the way Russell Westbrook performs and, and the points that he gets, 
and, and, and the way he does it, it. And you mentioned this in the preseason. Kevin Durant staying healthy is not going it, to – it's just not going to happen. He's proven that he can't stay healthy last year. And this year he's proving that, you know, again, these little lingering injuries, and maybe it's he wants to go to a different team, but he's proving that these lingering injuries are an issue. And I would take Russell Westbrook in a heartbeat based on the fact that you said he only gets two, two fouls a game. That's a big deal considering the amount of emotion he plays with. He still keeps it in check from time to time. Andrew, before I let you go real quick, I wanted to get – I know you got to go. I, I know you do. But I want to let you hear these highlights real quick. Obviously, DeMar DeRozan put uh, – put, put uh, Rudy Gobert in the ground last night. DeRozan throws down a vicious, nasty slam. Right over Gobert, and the Raptors lead by one. Oh, my goodness. Now you're talking about an elite shot blocker. He took it in his grill and threw it on him. Posterization right there. Yeah, that was a big-time dunk from last night. Obviously, everyone's been talking about it on Twitter, and everyone's been talking about it in the social media landscape. Andrew, I know you got to go, but what's your take from this game from last night between the between the Raptors and the Utah Jazz as the Utah Jazz get the victory in a big, big game? The Jazz are now six and five, nine and ninety-three to eighty-nine win over the or the over the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors started off five and zero, oh, and now they've gone two and six in their last eight games. What did you take from this one last night? Before you go. Uh, I still think the Raptors are the better team. I think they were quite pretty pretty tired. I mean, coming off a pretty crazy game the night before. Uh, but that that's a, those are two teams that I want in the playoffs this year. Obviously, they're not going to play each other in playoffs, but I want them to be in their each their own conferences playoffs because those are two teams that that will out heart you, out hustle you, and just give you everything they have every game. Uh, so, so those are two fun teams. But real quick before I go, my picks for tonight: I got the Cavs over the Bucks, the Heat over the Kings, and you know I've done it more and more, and I'm just gonna do it till I get it right. I got the Clippers over the Warriors. Um, but yeah. I gotta head out. You, you guys know I'm at work. Uh, but as every time, keep listening. Keep listening to Chris. Finish up the show. But uh, peace. Yeah, man, have a great day at work. We'll see you tomorrow, definitely. We'll finish up the show here in just a moment. We've probably only got about three minutes left. Um, we're just going to break down. Again, if you want to call in and talk about NBA hoops uh, from last night, feel free, 323-642-1558. Uh, another cool thing that happened last night in that Utah uh, in that Utah um, Raptors game, Trevor Booker made a pretty cool play. Obviously, the, the ball got stuck up on the top of the backboard, in the ball game, uh, Trey Burke tried to make a play to the hoop, and he missed it. And this is what happened. It was one of the better trick shots we've seen in a long time as Trevor Booker grabbed a, uh, he grabbed a broom, and he pushed the ball up, bounced it off the top of the back, off the top of the shot clock, and this is what happened. Shoulder. You know, I don't even think Booker's going to do One of the cool, one of the cooler things you'd see in an NBA basketball game when Trevor Booker bumps the ball up up the top of the backboard with the broom, and he pushed it off the top of the shot clock, and it went in. He got a good old fist pump. Everyone was smiling. Everyone was clapping. It was a good moment. It was a cool time. 
in Utah when that happened there. Obviously, again, Utah getting the win 89, or excuse me, 93 to 89 over the Toronto Raptors as they're now six and five, hovering around a playoff spot in, in the NBA in the Western Conference. It's looking outstanding for them, and they're playing outstanding basketball. I texted Tony Jones last night and asked him how his team's doing, and he said, down the stretch, they played outstanding. I wouldn't agree anymore. 34 points to 25 points in the fourth quarter. The Utah Jazz outscored the Raptors by nine, winning by six, or excuse me, winning by four. Talk about a clutch performance by the Utah Jazz. They're looking better and better and better every single time I watch them. And seeing a guy in Alec Burks playing the way he's playing on offense, I am on the verge of saying that this is one of the better scorers in the NBA. And if the Jazz can have him step up and make those scoring efforts the way he's been doing from the guard position, you're looking at a Jazz team that could come out and be a very scary opponent for many teams and many nights to come. The Bulls and Suns, final game of the night in in Phoenix as uh, as, as ESPN had this one. The Bulls got the victory 103-97. to The Bulls are now hovering, hanging out around first place with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, they're tied for first with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Obviously, they're ahead of them because they have the tiebreaker early on in the season, beating them in game one of the season. Um, Jimmy Butler at 32-6 and six last night. Eric Bledsoe had an outstanding performance, 21-6-7, and seven, seven assists, six rebounds. It was, it was one of those games where you watched it and, and you were like, okay, the Bulls, they're looking good. Derrick Rose was, wasn't in the ball game. Jimmy Butler, granted, he was given the keys to the car last night, and you saw that when he's given the keys to the car – that the guy can come through and win against solid opponents. The Suns are not a great basketball squad. They are an average team, but they're a team that you can test your ball club against when there's an issue happening. And the Bulls don't have an issue. They have an issue with, with injuries, and obviously Rose was out. Uh, other guys aren't playing well right now for the Bulls, but Jimmy Butler put the team on his back, carried the team for about 30% of, his, of the scoring output, and he got them over the hump and beat the Suns. And the Suns are a solid ball club. They're going to score and hang with you with the best of them, and they're going to find ways to eke out some wins or play close. And they did that last night, but the Bulls found a way to get it done. Last night, uh, it was one of those nights in the NBA where it was just, you know, 10 games, a couple of pretty good performances, outstanding games, fun games to watch. And tonight we have two outstanding performances, one of the best performances, if not one of the biggest games of the night. And I will cover these games through trend betting, and I will talk about them in a gambling format here. Obviously, if you'd like to call in, the phone number is 323-642-1558 is the number if you'd like to call in and talk some NBA hoops. Uh, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just preview these games real quick. Kings and Heat play tonight. That's going to be a fun one watching DeMarcus Cousins face off against Hassan Whiteside. I think that's going to be a good test between the two big men to see really who's more developed and who's farther along. I think you'll see that DeMarcus Cousins is farther along and a better player. But who knows? Hassan Whiteside could make a step-up uh, moment and play better. The Heat are favored by eight. I wouldn't take that. I would take, I would take Sacramento plus eight. I think Sacramento will find a way to stay in it, if not win the ball game. Last night was kind of a mirage last night, how they lost. I think they're going to find a way to beat this Heat team and get a W and get the victory. Bucks and Cavs. Cavs are favored by 10. I don't think the Cavs should be favored by that much. I would take the Bucks plus 10. I would not be shocked if the Cavs beat them by a lot, though. It wouldn't shock me if they did. I think the Cavs will win. I just think the Bucks will keep it within 10 points. But I think the Cavaliers overall will win the ballgame. LeBron James, again, averaging 27-6-6. Six, six. The guy is just going off again as an NBA basketball player, playing MVP-level performances, and if he does tonight, they will beat the Bucks. But performance game of the night tonight. Golden State 
undefeated 12 and 0 at the 6 and 4 Clippers who've been kind of struggling as of late but Golden State's favored by seven and a half. I think the Clippers are going to get the victory. I agree with I agree with Andrew in this one. I think they're going to get it done and I think they're going to win. I think that's going to be the case tonight. So, we got about a minute left again. Not much really going on in the world of basketball. Um obviously we had a couple couple things about the Houston Rockets that we talked about today, but we will get into more tomorrow on a Friday. Yes. Tomorrow. November 20th, 2015, episode 15. Tomorrow, we will be breaking down these Thursday games, any other drama that's occurring in the NBA, and anything else that you would like to talk about. Feel free to call in, 323-642-1558. Thank you again for listening in the FanDuel Studios. I am Simo Buckets. Again, simobuckets.com. Follow me on Twitter, follow me on Facebook if you feel like you want to, and get in there. All right, thank you again for listening to CLNS Radio. I am your host. I am out. Have a great night, people. Watch Inside the NBA, too.